Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius again. We are going through the Gospel of Mark. We are now in chapter 5. As we read, I will stop and give some commentary and explanation and perhaps refer to some other Bible verses. And they came over onto the other side of the sea, into the country of the gatherings. And when he was come out of the ship, he immediately they had met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Who had is who is dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice, said, and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Now, these satanic spirits, they knew, they recognized the Lord Jesus Christ when he, manifest, when he appeared, because he has dealt with them in the spirit even before he started preaching this gospel. You have to remember that anybody that is going to be preaching the gospel, God is going to allow Satan to even recognize that this man is being sent out to be a great minister of the gospel. And the devil will come against that man even before the man go out begin to preach his gospel. So that's why you have to put on the whole armor of God. So in the spirit world, they already recognize those who are truly signed by God. They recognize him. How much more the Lord God himself. So they have seen it in the spirit world. So now, this man that is possessed by these demons ran to come and fall down before the Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 8 said, For he said unto him, that Jesus Christ said unto that lunatic spirit, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. So Jesus Christ already commanded the spirit. Once he see the man running towards him and falling down and screaming and talking, Jesus Christ already told the devil to come out of the man. That's why he said, I, I, that's why the spirit in that man said, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Verse 9. And the Lord Jesus Christ asked the man, What is thy name? And he answered, Say, My name is Legion, for we are many. Now, Legion is not the name of that man, physical man. And Legion is not the name of that spirit that was talking, but he was describing himself as there are many, and not just one spirit is inside this man. There are many of them. It's called legion, means like a, a host of, a host, like a battalion that possessed that man. And that's why the man was run, was crazy, running and living in the tombs and cutting himself and screaming. Like we call the maniac. People will be running away from that person wherever they find the, this man, this lunatic possessed. So the, the, the point is, those satanic spirits, they, when they are, when they are when they are when they are actually allowed to talk because God sometimes says they didn't let them talk, but if they have like he said, he said he asked his name, what is your name? And that spirit was saying there are many here. 
it's just, it's just telling his name is not one. It's just like we are more than just one person here. So we are, you see, they are, they are legion here. And verse 10 says, And he besought him, that's the deal, the devil, besought Jesus Christ much that he would not send them away out of the country. Why? Because they wanted to stay in that neighborhood. They don't want to, they don't want to go to hell either. Verse 11. Now there was there nine unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. Now they said, All the devils. Now, the, when this lunatic man ran to Jesus Christ, he was speaking with the voice of one person, the voice of that man that was possessed. He was speaking with a single, single voice. Now, the, 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 the Bible said that all the devils now besought him. Did they see all the voices? The, 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 what will happen is that the voice will change from just a voice of one person. Maybe they look like look like a whole bunch of people are talking. And when a crowd was talking, you can hear the changing of the noise. So that paralysis is what makes the writer say all the devils besought him. They are saying the same thing, but they are all like a crowd. Like if you say, if you tell somebody to stop, you can hear that if somebody is talking to you, you can hear just a single voice talking also. But let's say, Ten people are talking the same thing. You can hear that these are multitude of people talking. So that's how they were able to go down. There are all the devils talk through the mouth of that man. So they can see, they can hear different syllables from the same person and saying the same thing. So he said, us into the worst wine that you may enter into them. And verse said, and forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirit went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. And they said there were about 2,000 swine, 2,000 pigs. About 2,000, they didn't know exactly, but it's about 2,000. And all, all those pigs just ran into the lake and shook in the sea. Now the question will have been uh, what happened to those spirits after the pigs were shook? Well, we don't know what happens with those spirits, but we can assume that those spirits, the satanic spirits are the demons will be arrested in the spirit world and locked up somewhere. But the pigs that they have entered into have been destroyed. And that was why the Bible called Satan was a thief, a murderer. He said the thief come back to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He has nothing good for any mankind. Look at all those pigs. It's not the logical that kill those pigs. Those demons are the ones that kill those pigs. You say, well, those are, uh, some people say, my money-making business. Because those people are being raised for, to make money by, by, of course, that is a loss for those people that suddenly lose all their pigs in the, in the, in the lake. But they, couldn't, oh, they can't hold Jesus Christ and say, you are the one that caused it to happen. No, he didn't cause it to happen. That devil person's person was set free, and those demons went and avoc and entered the ship as the Lord said, okay, go. And they left and went into the... Into the, into, the, into the swine and the swine was shook. But you see, the people were afraid when they heard that. Verse 14. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come, they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Of course, people will be afraid because they don't know what will happen if this, if they, if they, there's another lunatic person on the other side of the town. 
and the sheep was destroyed here. What will be destroyed on the other side? And a bunch of cattle. So they don't know. So they were afraid that I don't think we want this type of uh, power here. Verse 16. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. So those who were around, they had the discussion between Jesus Christ and that devil possessed person. And when he told the devil to go, and they fled, that's when they saw the swine which are on the mountain over there. They could see the swine on the mountain because it's just like a a, a shore of a lake, so you can see almost up to a mile at the, at the distance if the weather is clear. So you could see those peaks over there. That's what the people that were coming from the boat also could see those peaks over on this on the mountain over there. On the Sunday when the Lord told the demons to go out of that man, those demons suddenly the people look and saw those peaks making some some running around in the on the mountain. There very soon they were running towards the sea. In, in, in droves, they say just do themselves. And the people that are taking care of those sheep don't know what they couldn't control them. They ran from the sheep and, and, and from the pigs or the swine, and the swine went to the ocean and perished. So these people that saw all those things happen were now telling the the crowd that came from the city to to see what's happened. What's happened? They were telling them what has happened while the legislation was still there and the man that was present is now clean and now sitting down. And people, some type of people give. The man a uh, cloth to wear, and that and they recognized the man that was possessed, and they were afraid. So they began first and they began to pray him to depart out of their course. I mean, they were not ready to welcome Jesus for what has just happened. They said, Well, please leave. We don't want you here. <laughs> they rejected the best. The Lord was not offended. Purposely, they postly he went to that across this lake there for, for that particular man's sake because people sometimes we are praying and praying and praying for deliverance and the man that was their relative suddenly was going to be delivered and God will show mercy and that was how the Lord Jesus Christ just had a cry of that person that had been posted for years and he went across the lake to set that man free. So when the neighborhood and people are afraid and say, please get out of our neighborhood and so on, we don't want this type of power here. The Lord was not offended. Why did I say he was not offended? Because he came back to that part of town sometime later, and you will see in another chapter, because he, he told the man to go and tell what has happened to him. But you see that in the next verses. Verse 18. And when he was coming to the ship, that's when Jesus Christ was coming back into the ship because he didn't want him to come into the into their coast. He that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Now that man that was healed and delivered wanted to go with Jesus. Wanted to go into the ship with Jesus so I could go back to the to the other side with him. And Jesus Christ said no. Verse 19. Abi Jesus survived him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and has had compassion on thee. Remember when he said compassion. It is the compassion of the Lord that is healing people, not just demonstration of his power. That's I mentioned that in, in some of the earlier chapters I've talked about. It is the compassion of the Lord that is doing these signs and wonders, not just show of power. And the Lord has taught us that, that when you want to pray for the sick, you have to show that compassion. The compassion means you feel for the sick person. If you are saying I've been sick, you know how it's pain. It's painful to be sick. So when you remember that, you 
pray with that type of feeling for the person. That compassion will make your faith to work. And that is what the Lord is saying. The Lord God is showing compassion to this man that has been afflicted by he didn't know how his devil come upon him and he has been in the in the in the in the tomb for years, screaming and not part of the society anymore. And God showed compassion. He said, Go and tell your friends that what God has done for you and has had compassion on you. It is the compassion of the love, which is love. God is love. That is making the miracles and the faith to work. Faith worked by love. And that is love, compassion. So the Lord told the man to go home and go tell his friends. So the man, and verse 20, and the man departed. He departed and began to publish in Decapolis. Decapolis is the area, you see. Decapolis is like a 10 cities, like a metropolis. That's the name of the of that section called Decapolis. How great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. When they read it, maybe he went and published it on paper and put posted everywhere, whatever way he announced it. People heard about it and they were amazed. And maybe that's going up for some months. Because later when Christ came to that section again, they were all looking for him. Now they don't say go out of our place. Everybody that has sickness are running to go get to go help him, to go meet him so that he can help them. You see that in some other chapters. Verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship onto the other side, I mean just cross over to the to the other side now where they came from. Most people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, they are coming to one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. Now, remember, the logical was just preaching about, he went across the sea, and they said, no, we don't want you. He came back to the other side, which is Capernaum. And you have to remember, Mark was just reporting miracles, miracles, miracles. So here he said, when he was on this other side, he was still talking, preaching to people. And there come this ruler of, his, of, a, of one of these noblemen, he called him a, a ruler of a synagogue, Jairus, who came running because he had a daughter that was sick. Verse 21, Jairus besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee. Come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. So Jairus came to ask for Jesus to come and heal his daughter. Verse 24 says, and Jesus went with him. So you see something about the logical that he is kind and compassionate, and he will meet us at every level of your faith. Jairus said, come and lay your hand upon my daughter so that she may live. Jesus Christ followed him. Remember there was another story of a centurion, which is a Roman soldier, who said, you don't need to come, just speak from that distance and I know my servant will be well. And Jesus Christ agreed. And that was what happened. So wherever your faith level is, that's where God will meet you. If your faith level is that somebody has to do surgery for you before you get well and you want to do the doctor, God can still help you with the doctors. God is not against the doctors. He gave them the knowledge to help mankind that cannot get to his level. So, if your faith is that somebody has to anoint you with oil for you to be healed by the name of Jesus Christ, that is how God will meet you. If your faith is that somebody has to lay hands upon you to pray for you before you can get to the miracle from Jesus Christ, that's how you believe the Lord will meet you then. If, so if your faith is that you can only just call upon Jesus Christ until you're done, God will meet you there. So, it is well you believe. And that is what I'm trying to point out here. Jairus came to Jesus Christ and said, Come to my house and lay your hand upon my daughter. And Jesus Christ followed him.
didn't debate it. Verse 24 says, and Jesus went with him. And much people followed him and thronged him. I mean, they were more or less a crowd that he was preaching to. They wanted to go see this. So they followed him. And verse 24 says, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse when she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. So this story of this woman who, who had issue of blood was what Mark was reporting here. But she said if I may touch Betty's clothes, I shall be well, I shall be old. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue has gone out of him, turned him about in the presence and said, Who touched my clothes? Now we have preached on this sermon, this particular story and testimony of this woman. I've preached sermons on this. So I'm not going to try to repeat that some other than to point to the fact that the, the Bible said the woman heard about Jesus and she believed what she heard that people were touching him and they were getting miracle and she needed miracle. So first step was she heard. But then because she, she believed, she also has to take the steps to go touch this rabbi. So that's what she was saying. And then she was confessing what she was expecting. That if I also can also just touch his clothes, I also will be made old. She believed that. She didn't say, oh, well, I'm not sure that uh, maybe the rabbi has to pray serious prayer for me. No. Or think, uh, some people think, oh, let's everybody pray a, a prayer or serious prayer. That's when the thing we don't know. The woman just said, if I also can also touch, because she has heard testimonies of others. So testimonies to build up people's faith. She had testimonies of others that they were just touching this rabbi. Even when the man, the rabbi doesn't seem to know. If they touch the rabbi, they get healed. So she wanted to do the same thing. So she believed she would get healed. And she confessed it. So faith has to confess what you believe. Say it out to yourself. That's what the Bible says. She, she said to herself, she said to herself, if I may touch Betty's clothes, I shall be old. That's verse 28. So the faith, part of the faith is confession of what you believe. Say it out. And when he, she did, she was made oh, And Jesus Christ now stopped and said, who touched me was to not make it secret. Because the next step after you receive your miracle is you have to testify. You hear, you hear about it, you believe on it, you take the step to get it. When you get it, you've got to praise him. Almost four steps, not so. Hear about it and you believe. Take the step to go and do the same thing to receive. And then when you receive, Praise him. You can't receive it secretly and hide it secretly. Nobody knows. Go to praise him. And to, for the woman to praise the Lord, the Lord has to stop. To make it known. The man will have wanted nobody to know that she had that issue of blood. But Jesus Christ doesn't want you to hide this after you are healed. You can be hiding it before. We don't want anybody to know that you have this disease, of course. But after you are healed, you've got to testify. <gasps> you don't know you have that disease? Well, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> you keep saying, yeah, I did. No, I don't have it anymore. I'm already healed. So that's why Christ said, Who touched me? Who touched my clothes? Verse 31. And his disciples said unto him, Master, thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and says thou who touched me. So everybody is grabbing you, but see, they are just grabbing it for, for purpose, not for healing. They are just grabbing it and saying, This way, this is master, this is master. No. 
But the one that wanted faith, it has to be faith has to call for what you want for. That when I touch him, I want miracle. That is what makes that woman receive something. All the others are just thronging him, touching one another without really purposely touching him for any reason, anything. But this one, this woman touched him for a reason, for a purpose. And what she was believing God for, she got it. So that's why he was saying, why you say you touch me? Everybody is touching you, everybody is thronging you. I mean, this is a crowd here. But I to say, and he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. So the reason why the Lord wanted the woman to be exposed is because he wanted the woman to testify. And verse 34 said, and he said to her daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. See, Jesus Christ didn't say, my faith has made you whole. See, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. So that was the permanent, Lord sealed it up. Permanent. So after you have testified, it is sealed. You give the praise to God. So we must give the praise and glory to God when we receive miracles from the Lord. Not secretly. You can't hide it as if it's not the one that did it. No. If you believe Jesus Christ did it for you, testify about it that Jesus Christ is the one that did it for me. I have a testimony where I give a testimony of what happened in my life and what Jesus Christ did. It's called uh, Testimonies of God. On my on my on my on my video on demand. Verse 35. While he yet speak, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain, we said, Thy daughter is dead. Why trouble is that the master any further? Well, they were still going towards Jairus' house, and then they stopped, and Jesus was talking to this woman. And the people that were in Jairus' house said, Well, it's over, and the girl is dead. Was, she was at the point of death by the time Jairus ran to go and call for this miracle worker. But now they were coming, maybe taking maybe minutes. We don't know how many minutes it takes for them to get to Jairus' house. Or maybe one hour, who knows. But the people now say, well, they found Jairus and the people coming and say, well, it's too late now. Just don't, don't, worry, don't bother the, the, the rabbi anymore. Verse 36. I'm reading Mark chapter 5, verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said, Don't trouble the master anymore, your daughter is dead. He said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. He told Jairus to not be afraid, but to just believe. But and he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Now, the Lord always take three people with him as a witness. We always call them inner circle. Not that he wanted them to be their inner circle. Yeah, they are inner circle friends to, to him, the inner circle disciples, inner circle. But he went at the mouth of two or three witnesses. Every word should be established. That is the law of Moses. When they have any, any, anybody that is going to be accused of anything, there must be at least two or three, maximum of three, at least two people to witness that, yeah, they saw this man did that thing. Then they, that means they, they should be accepted only when you have two or three witnesses. So when the Lord is taking three people, want them to witness it, so he took three. Peter, James, and John, so they will be a witness that, yeah, three of us were there when he did that. Three of us were there when he did that. Three of us were there when he did that. So then it is confirmed. Not just one person can lie. But two or three people saying the same thing that are not related, so then they, they, this thing is, uh, is true. So that is why he always go with Peter, James, and John. 
the witness. So he said, well, the other people were unbelievers or crowd that just wanted to see some of them, their unbelief can even disturb the miracle. So he told them to stay away while he followed Jairus, Jairus to his house, only taking Peter, James, and John with him. That's what he said in verse 37. He suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he came into the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seared the tumult. And them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was coming, he said unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. Now that is a, 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 a declaration of faith. If the Holy Ghost is going to do something, he might give you that he's going to perform the miracle, or that he's going to use to perform miracle to tell something like that. Almost like declare it before it happens. What you want to happen is, is part of faith. It's part of what we teach about faith. What God has taught us. This is how faith operates. The Holy Ghost may ask you to declare it before them what is going to happen. That this thing is going to be just like this. And if you are afraid and say, well, let it be like this. For before I say it, then you are doubting. Also. So this is what the Lord Jesus Christ did. He told them, why are you weeping? The child is not dead. He's sleeping. And they are not going to they are going to laugh at that because they know the child is dead, physically dead. But the Holy Ghost make that declaration because that is really what is going to happen. The child is going to be risen from the risen from the dead right there. Verse 40. And they loved him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he took the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talita kumi, which is, being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. It's a command. Verse 42 says, And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for he was, she was of the age of 20, 12 years, the 12 year old girl. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them, charges the mother and the father. Strictly that no man should know, should know it, and commanded that something should be given out to it. Now just imagine that the Lord can say no man should know it. How can we? How will no man not know this? <laughs> how can no man not know this? When they already send the thing on that the child, they don't need to bring the master anymore. And people that were there, people that were, you know, relatives, uh, what they call the well-wishers. They have been there when the child was sick and they were trying their best and the child died and they're now weeping and mourning because he's a twelve year old boy girl. And the man was a ruler of the synagogue. He means he has influence all over the city and they all that's why they were all there crying for the little girl and they say that's their only child perhaps. And now you say no one should know it. if the child is walking around they will know enough. So the Lord more or less use that to to make them say, I don't want you to be broadcasting my my name because he wanted this thing so that he could still be doing his ministry. But anyway, they they have to publicize this. Also. There's nobody can keep it secret. But he said he commanded that they should give the child something to eat. Why? Tell the that the child is going to need food. That's tell us something that both with healing, we also still need medicine is one thing, food is another thing. Food is to keep body and soul together, like Apostle, like King David said. See, he said, "This bread that strengthens the heart of man." See, it is the body and soul kept together is food that God does, does that. 
the girl that have been sick has not been paralyzed, has not been eating for some days. You need that food right now to strengthen the body. That's why Christ just give them wisdom. Give him something to eat so that that's going to keep her strong and healthy. But she's already healed. The devil that is causing the sickness is driven away. Sickness and affliction that wearing down the body has been stopped. And now the body will recover fully. Once the spirit is back into the body, it will recover fully. But give them something to eat. Food is what the body uses to nourish itself. So that is wisdom that we still need food for our body to function properly. So that's why God pre prepare food in the earth. So you can't, you can't fast forever. Or that you commit suicide also. There's a time for fasting when you're a Christian and try to seek the Lord. There's a time to eat. That's something you have to also know. Because food also is necessary for your body. But there's a time for you say, no, man shall not live by bread alone. There's a time to fast, to seek the face of the Lord and seek the word of God. But there's a time also to eat, to keep the body nourished. So that's another thing we should learn from here. Give us something, give us something to eat. Please God. We will continue this in the next chapter, which is chapter 6. Praise God.